0: Hey, Star Warriors. Stick around after today's episode for a special segment brought to you by Gutsy Media. Be sure to check out his podcast on the DFAT Entertainment Network. Enjoy the show. Coming to you from that galaxy far, far away, this is the Star Warriors Podcast. And once again, we're back for another installment of your monthly Marvel titles. Uh, So we'll be talking all of the great books that have been uh, coming out. uh, And we are in the middle of War of the Bounty Hunters. So lots of action, a lot of reading this month. Right, Rocco?
1: That is correct. And if I'm correct, uh, we're discussing July's offerings for Star Wars books, and we are just deep in that Sarlacc pit of War of the Bounty Hunters. That's
0: it. That's it. So let's let's get things off because we have a really really big show. Yes. Uh, but we do need to get to some of the news from the Hollow Net. Uh, so this this past week, uh, Disney dropped the pricing for the upcoming uh, Galactic Star Cruiser. Now this this is apparently only going to be available at Walt Disney World. I've read.
1: I wasn't clear on that myself. I, yeah. I believe Walt Disney World, but that could be wrong.
0: They were not very clear. I'm hoping maybe it will be on the West Coast, but maybe because I'm going to wait a little bit to go to it anyhow, we'll give it a couple of years. But I'm sure it'll be on both coasts in every country by, you know, two five years.
1: I mean, yeah, if you want to, I, I don't know how I'm going to ever afford to do that ever, unless they do like a
0: poor person scholarship. Um, <laughs> I heard that you could actually sign up to be the janitor on board if you want get a reduced price, but you still have to be paying. For that I would do it. I would just trash I compactor would, worker, something.
1: Exactly, I'm fine with that.
0: Okay, cool. Me too. I'll I'll call you. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're talking what was it? Four to five grand for two Six,
1: people. Uh, Six. Six oh, grand a fa- for a family of four. It's yes, fa- it's five uh, five ninety nine.
0: 99 man yeah Uh, Yeah. and And. now it's only two days originally we were thinking it was going to be three days right yep um and i brought up this question do you think it includes special time in the park uh time that you don't have to share with other guests who are not experiencing the same thing as you? uh,
1: the way i envision it and and again i am not on the staff there and i don't know Um, But the way I envision it is, is that they're going to make this like a real cruise as much as possible, but you're in space and you have like a role to play within this. But if they're smart, a real cruise will do a disembark at an island, let's say, right? So they disembark at Batu and you get X amount of time to go through the town like a tourist would like in the Bahamas or whatever, and then get back to the ship. To take off again I, I think that that if they if they did it that way i would think that that's super cool
0: yeah de- definitely i that's actually a really good way to put it i didn't think about it that way um a little what are they called oh stop whatever i'm not gonna get into it because i forget and i have bad memories so <laughs> four thousand dollars for my wife and i to go six thousand dollars for your family to go yeah i mean it's crazy i was um i've been pricing out um, a Europe trip, right. To go. And I mean, I'm talking like seven to 8,000 mm-hmm. and this is two weeks in Europe. Yeah. Um, so I always, I like to put this on a scale where I'll do it eventually, but I'm hoping like there's definitely like package deals and, you know, in like 2030, right. Like just severe price drops or like,
1: right. I won a contest <laughs> like something like that, you know,
0: <laughs> what was that way? online coupon? Um, what was that thing Groupon. called? On. Groupon. They have a Groupon. Yeah. For- <laughs> <laughs> the Galactic Starkers or Groupon. Oh, Jesus. Oh, um, so, yeah, stay tuned, guys. Maybe, you know, in episode 3000, we've gone on this thing, so we'll tell you all about it. So, yeah. Uh, next up, uh, and good news, season two of The Bad Batch is coming. Uh This amazing show has been renewed for season two. And uh look forward to a special live show right Rocco that uh, is
1: correct we're going to be doing a live show um shortly after the finale now the finale is going to be this friday this week and then i'd like to do a show a week or two out from there it'll be live with all your favorite star warriors and we're going to break down season 1 of the bad batch and i have to tell you um they really hit it out of the park. If you're a dad like me, that's got a daughter that's around Omega's age. And I think that that's, I mean, I love the show, but I fell in love with Omega as a daughter figure. And my daughter loves Omega. So to watch the show and she's interested, like she knows what's going on very much. So, you know, I don't have to explain anything to her with this Star Wars and we're both watching it for the first time. So there isn't much I can really say.
0: Legacy yeah. fandom. Yes, that's it. That's yes. a, it's a beautiful thing. Um, that's a, such a cool thing you can share with your daughter.
1: Yeah, I love I love it. And the fact that it's not a little boy, it's a little girl. Right. And she's, she's also the main character. I mean, arguably she's the main character. I mean, everyone wants to say the bad batch are the main character, but she's one of the bad batch really. Yeah. So it, it plays. Um, and honest, I love the show. I can't wait for the finale on Friday, but we're going to save the rest of this conversation for the live show.
0: That's right. So guys keep it tuned. Uh, we'll keep you updated. Uh, stay tuned to the social medias for uh, when that show will be taking place, but we're here right now. Let's let's talk let's talk the Marvel comics. But before we get into the War of the Bounty Hunters, uh, we got to talk High Republic, which is not a bad thing. I was going to ask you to cut this, but at the same time, what are we? How are we going to do that to ourselves and our and our listeners? So, I um I've been loving this story. Uh, this right now, some of the things that are mentioned in the book um, are tying into the new uh, the new novels that just came out. So they're doing a great job with this whole initiative. But let me get down to the uh, the professional stuff. Uh, sure. We got High Republic number seven. Uh, it's Heart of the Drangir chapter two of Sith and Shadows uh, with writer Kevin Scott, artist George Gente, uh, inks by Carl Story, and colors by Analysia Leone. Uh, so last time we left our heroes, we were uh, they were teamed up with the Hutts. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were battling the Drangir. They tapped into the main, the main, I guess, circuitry, the the communication... Uh, yeah, like hive network. Network, hive there mind. you go. The hive mind. Thank you, the hive mind. Um, and they were looking for the great progenitor, uh, the, the big mama alien Drangir that, that rules them all. So we start to see some of these effects on Trennis in this, um, in this issue. And it actually, because I got spoiled on an upcoming cover, I don't know if it really comes true or not, but this is where it starts. And we're, as the title kind of implies the dark side is really starting to take hold in this, in this issue. Yes. She's
1: hearing voices. She's, uh, I'm still confused on the, the all white figure. She continues to see, Um, you know, she's tripping, um, you know, and uh, really the, the Drengear are really messing with her mind. Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like High Republic is starting to like get its legs again I I had a difficult time starting it because, you know, I'm a huge Star Wars fan and like Han, Leia, Lando, the Mandalorian, they're all none of them are here. But now I'm starting to get better with the characters, starting to to like remember them more. And, you know, now with with what's going on here, it feels like we're getting more action, more of what I'm used to with Star Wars. And then I did like the little the the little callback with uh, she's got the Ray's lightsaber, Dark Side Ray's lightsaber. Do you notice that?
0: I didn't notice that she Uh, it like pops up like that.
1: Yeah. It's the woman, the woman in white she's like seeing or this white, all white figure.
0: So let me um, actually mention who she is. Her name is Orla Jareni, and she's a way seeker. And so these way seekers, they go where the force leads them. So I, I'm not really sure if a way seeker has been brought up in new Canon. Um, I don't know about anything from the EU way seekers, but this, this is an interesting aspect of things because as we get kind of into the Jedi and the Sith and we know how the Sith can have more acolytes and dark side users and what, but what is a Jedi wayseeker, you know? So mm-hmm. these special names that we're starting to give to them are very, I guess they, they remind me of like Knights of Your Republic when they would give different names, like the Jedi Sentinel or,
1: yeah. or whatever. No, I, I agree. And yeah, I, now, now that you say it, I remember that, but again, just like you, I don't know what the hell that is. So like when when that came up I was like hmm I've never heard of this in all of Star Wars a Jedi wayseeker so there are other force users that maybe left the order or or whatever it is but the I guess for me like I I love callbacks and just seeing when she had her lightsaber and it was both ignited the one like the one way like to pop it out like dark side ray did and seeing that was cool. And as per usual, man, like these books, High Republic, whether you like the story or not, they are beautifully drawn and colored books. These books are gorgeous from start to finish. They are gorgeous.
0: Yeah. The art in this one uh, is George Gente, who I've been following in dark horse for a very long time. He did a lot of the old Buffy books and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I always a big fan of his, like his variants and things like that. He's, He's a great artist, And, um, and like you said, the rest of the rest of the team really does a good job just mm-hmm. making everything pop. Oh, yeah. Um, so I had a little laugh because at the beginning of the book, like with Trennis mm-hmm. seeing all this, like it was she's seeing Deadpool. I was like, this is mm-hmm. like the sixth sense. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. So, uh, that's when you're kind of like, what's going on? So mm-hmm. I thought this was a really neat, neat issue it was very um, surreal uh, mm-hmm. because there were so many visions who's this who's this sith person that she's fighting dark acolyte jedi whatever yeah um, it was i've never seen this character before I don't know if they even mentioned a name for that for that guy I don't remember a, it he's a scary guy yes <laughs> yes that he was so at the very end there's something that that is crazy i mean it's it closes with um avar Chris like her skeleton and like the Durang gear tentacles going through her and mm-hmm. stuff like that and And, um, and so the root mind speaks to Trennis and said, you've already lost. So we know it's a manipulation. Sure. um, I'm sure because they're not going to kill a favor Curse Chris at this point, but, (laughs) um, yeah, I mean, here we are, we are seeing a lot of the dark side power that, you know, without the Sith presence at this point, uh, who knows what, what is really going on with the Sith. Who's the Sith at this point, um, what is going to happen with the rest of this dark side energy is it because a huge mo- like a movement of the sith is coming and the drain gear have awoken because the dark side is getting stronger um this whole lead up here i feel a we're getting you know this is all the stuff that's going to lead eventually to the acolyte whoever the acolyte ends up being 100 200 years down the line here i, I don't even know what the real timeline is but it's a big wave and i mean we're, we're talking about like how palpatine um His, you know, if they're gonna do um um plagius or Mm -hmm. or whatever other Sith Lord around this time, uh when will this get revealed, you think? In sooner or later? I think a year into it, maybe? I think
1: it's gonna be I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna depend. And I'm gonna be cynical for a moment. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a little cynical. That's my thing. And (laughs) if I'm if I'm being truly cynical then what I view it as is if they're still selling copies of this stuff, it's going to be another I would say year or two before we get that link to where this is all going to. If they're seeing sales down, I feel like they're going to bump that link up a little earlier to keep people buying this story, buying Star Wars because like, if you know, once once you turn that page and it's like Plagueis and you're like, fuck, I got to read all this now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> game over yeah exactly <laughs> like that's it i'm re- i'm reading all of it now um and that's or like palpatine you know like a young, not in this time but i mean leading up to that you know you've got a the people been uh showing a tom hiddleston palpatine and it's just like you're just like oh i'm gonna read everything that's it I, they've got all my money now you know and that's it depends on where sales are gonna go
0: that's right that's right that that tom hiddleston thing has been reignited once again with beautiful fan art online but it needs to happen honestly i mean i love that guy i think he's a great actor and he would he would fit the bill so yeah.
1: absolutely i hope so but yeah i mean that reveal like you said i i think it's going to depend upon how well high republic is doing sales wise that's
0: my yes. opinion no i i completely agree with you and i like that i like that actually a lot um i feel like it's been doing pretty well uh the reactions have been you know besides the the dark side of the the fandom sure. um as usual but people every time i'm on twitter they're just like shouting out kevin scott about the new book about the comics about everything so out to you know um charles soul it's just it's an amazing thing and they just they keep it so alive and energetic because like charles will share uh some some inside things from their meetings or whatever and just keep just keep the interaction going and teasing and stuff like that so as long as we can get past all the bullshit i think that um this 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 whole event's gonna have some legs that's what i'm looking for that's why i'm
1: i'm picking it up every time um i believe there's uh the next higher public uh comes out tomorrow
0: yes i was just i was gonna mention that to you earlier it's like two like it just came out in like july 28th mm-hmm. um which is when the last comics of last month so yeah it's cool to see it two weeks later kind of just boom get that get those answers um absolutely yeah, but that's, um, I think that's all I wanted to mention about this book. There is a, there's a new mini series coming up though, um, from Daniel, uh was order? Oh, no, I forget his name. My, my bad guys, but there's a four issue mini series of the High Republic comic coming out from one of the main writers of the whole, whole initiative. Um, really? If you haven't heard that, I will send you the information on it after the show. Yep.
1: Please do. So wait, this is this October. Is- I think I, mm-hmm it's a separate it's a separate thing within Higher republic
0: yeah it's a it's a mini series taking place outside of this this main series which doesn't seem to have an end yet thankfully um but there is a mini series i forgot what it's called okay um so huh. uh, i believe the first issue is october
1: okay Dude, that sounds awesome and it's marvel correct yes yep not okay. iw yep,
0: kitty stuff unless you're into that stuff yeah
1: i mean if people are into it people are into it i'm not i mean i just i stick with marvel and i like it but anyway we got a lot to get through i'm sorry that's
0: right that's right no it's don't apologize it's it's all good stuff so let's jump into the war the war is into its second full month uh it's 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 getting crazy this month had a lot of interesting crossovers across all the titles i i'd mentioned to you pre-show how i I'd, I'd, I'd read them in out of order at first and I realized I had do I had done that and at the same time we'll talk about it in each issue um, that they are still kind of standalone at this point except for a few issues okay. uh, and they're still telling these outside stories but let's start with bounty hunters number 14 uh, it's called the gathering written by Ethan Sachs, art by Paolo Villanelli and colors by Arif Prianto yes so this is this is this has been one of my favorite comics because i'm a big dengar fan i love this buddy cop thing between dengar and valance yes um just the the banter the bickering the fighting the almost killing each other it's great it's great to see um uh but these guys are on kind of a mission right now valance wants to save han dengar wants to you know screw over bubba fett as much as he can uh so we have quite the uh it's I guess they're basically like running across Narsharda in this uh, in this issue. And then they're going to jump on a shuttle and go to Canto Bight. Yes. Yes.
1: Their back and forth, their banter has been it's been funny. Like they both view each other as a means to an end. And as soon as that end comes, they're going to kill one another. And that's it. And you you know it's coming based on the conversation. It's Dengar needs Valence. Valence needs Dengar. That is the only way they're looking at this. There is no love lost between them. And once this is done, one of the other is putting a blaster bolt in the other's head.
0: I. It's funny. Um, there was one point in this book, though, where I felt Dengar was not exactly evil Dengar he he was just like almost more like this, com- this camaraderie between him and Valence this uh this mutual respect is growing not that I think that he won't screw him over like you said but it was interesting to see to a point where they were working well together in this in this issue
1: uh, agreed and i don't i i maybe to rephrase i don't think dengar is actually an evil character i think that he's an opportunist and i think sure. that he sees a lot of money in what's happening here to the point of like well i mean i'll screw over valence if i get the chance to i'm gonna do that but valence the same thing they just both have very different end goals to they want the same thing but in very different ways
0: you're right it's not I'm- It's not light or dark. It's that gray area of the Star Wars city underworld. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly.
1: that's what I love about this book. Bounty hunters. I think I've I've said this before and I'm going to say it again. Bounty hunters is action porn. That's what this whole book has been. There have been a couple that were a little meh, but honestly, it's been pretty, it's been pretty wild. And this whole war of the bounty hunters, which really you know relies heavily i'd say on this bounty hunters publication i was explaining it to a friend this weekend because he was like oh what are you reading right now comic book wise and he i know he's a huge star wars fan and i'm telling him and i know i've said it on the show before and i'm going to say it again this is war the bounty hunters is smoking aces if you've ever seen that movie with ryan reynolds smoking aces it is exactly i mean they and they're doing it in the star wars universe and it's absolutely fantastic with all the major players i love it
0: absolutely absolutely and if if you are a star wars fan and you are not reading the comics get on it because i really feel like this is where they just tie everything together like the rug and the big lebowski but seriously i mean it's just like you can just get into it and really just put all this little easter eggs of canon and whatnot and just have a great time and just treat the readers to what star wars is really all about
1: connections yeah exactly exactly
0: uh, so two things that are going on here. Like I said, Dengar and uh Valance are headed to Canto Bite. Uh, when they arrive there, they run into Lucky, just Lucky and Arioli, whatever his name is. Ariola. Ariola. I, so, <laughs> I made that up. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> That's I'm um, I'm not gonna call him anything different from now on. It was Interesting, because here we have a crossover from the Doctor Afrocomics. comics, um, two of my least favorite ca- characters, why, yeah. why they have an arc, I don't know. I guess don't care about them. More characters in, yeah. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Not after 12 issues, probably not after this. So, um, but they're there a means to an end. Get Denger ship, ship back so that, um, so that they can get over to the Crimson Dawn uh, party. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool because um, what was his ship's name? The pu- let me get to it. Punishing oh, one. <laughs> yeah. And he tells a good joke about it. He says, if the Millennium Falcon can do the Kessel run in twelve, I'd probably do it in ten, but I haven't tried. <laughs> of,
1: course. of course. Of <laughs> course. That's a very I feel like getting to know Dengar, that's a very Dengar thing to say. Whereas, you know, Han would be like, I tried it and almost killed all of us. Dengar's like, I probably could have done that, but I choose not to. <laughs> this
0: I love the personality. Yep. So we also meet. I guess did we meet Deathstick for the first time in this issue? I was trying to think about that. This this assassin for the Crimson Dawn.
1: I believe so. I'm not sold so. on the name. Um, yeah, I know,
0: right? It's, uh...
1: you know, but I like the character. I think it's. I think the character is interesting. Um, and you know, but yeah, this. I, I'm pretty sure this is where we're introduced to Deathstick, which looks like a. A hand ninja from uh, the Daredevil comics. If you read those, that's kind of what to me she was comparable to.
0: Absolutely, I agree. Or one of Stephanie Brown's weird, spoiler outfits, something like that. Um, as we were talking about earlier. Yes. Um. Anyways, they get. Um, then Dustic attacks them. They defeat her, and then they take her invitation. So now they have an invitation to get onto. Um, Get onto the the planet with a party, which I have notes. The name of it and the other notes for the other shows, but not this one. so Sure, sure. We'll get we'll get there. <laughs> but oh, we we'll um, the other thing that goes on here is Tonga and Lasha are on a recruiting mission, <laughs> mm. and they pick up two major players. One being tasu leach Yes, from the Kanji Club. A nice sequel tie-in. That's a, I thought that was. You great know, you can't trust those little crap- freaks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can't trust yes. those little freaks.
1: That's <laughs> all you
0: wasn't kanji club like the whole cast of um what was that crazy the ah um, oh, shoot anyways it's a crazy action movie and um they are they're all they're all part of that, that cast and it's going to come to try start talking about something else so i didn't have um, a deal with kanji club that's right you tell them <laughs> tell them han also they go and they find zuckus who is just mm-hmm. On his Gan floating sanctuary, I've never seen Zuckus's face.
1: Yes, he's like a really deformed owl,
0: <laughs> right? I didn't need to see that. No, I was like, you were cool with your other face apparatus and stuff like that. So, uh, please. Oh, the movie is called The Raid. Sorry. The Raid. Okay. Right, Told right. you. Told you. It's gonna how oh, my brain doesn't work. Um. Anyways, Zuckus still hasn't found his buddy Forlom. He's in Java's palaces moat or whatever it is so mm-hmm. can't wait to see when that happens but anyways um it looks like Tonga and lasher are, are on the mission you know they're going after boba fett um and this is all going to come to a head eventually so um anything else you really liked about this issue I, No, i mean no
1: I, I did love like i said i love callbacks so seeing tasu leech was really cool especially being so young um you know cuz we see them much older obviously when uh you know the force awakens comes i re- i love that these comics do lend a lot to that sequel trilogy um that make me love it more whether that was their intention or not but this was a- as per usual bounty hunters delivered a solid book i enjoyed reading it and i i'm excited for the next
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so uh, we're going to take a quick commercial, and then we'll be back with more Star Warriors.
1: Hey there, Star Warriors. Make sure that when you're not listening to us, you're checking out Ridley's Gaming Realm on Facebook. That's Ridley's Gaming Realm. And what's awesome about them is that in their entire time for buying, selling, and trading games, there have been no scams ever reported on their page. So... If you're looking for that game that's hard to find, if you're looking to sell off your collection, make sure you're checking out Ridley's Gaming Realm. That's a Facebook group right there on Facebook. You all know how to use it. Ridley's Gaming Realm.
2: Hey, come take a seat at the campfire. You're not the only one who joins. I've got friends that come over sometimes, too. We talk about a ton of interesting things from geek culture... Then we cover some conspiracies or philosophical thoughts or monsters. You know, we talked about Bigfoot in one episode. It's a lot of fun, so come join me at the Campfire Chats, a DFAT entertainment podcast hosted on Spotify and other fine places
3: you find podcasts. Need more context on your favorite movie?
2: Is Obama?
3: Obama, okay. Senator pro- Obama. Ever wonder why they did or didn't do that thing or include that scene? This is prime. Like, this is perfect this is quality Freddy. entertainment. Check out Gutsy Media Podcast as my friends and I take a deep dive into everything from blockbusters to indie films. The weakest apple cider bitch beers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. That's Gutsy Media Podcast for everything movies.
0: We are back from commercials, and we are talking Marvel Star Wars comics from July. Uh, and we're going to jump right into Dr. Aphra. Uh yes. And this is part of the whole War of the Bounty Hunters uh, are going on right now. And so we're on issue 12. It's called Party Tricks. Uh, writer was Alyssa Wong. Um, this is where it gets kind of funny. Um, Mink, Mink Yu Jung, Victor Alazaba, and Rochelle Rosenberg all share art credits on this. Hmm. Um, and so... I, you know, at first when I see this cover, I'm always like, Ugh, God, I don't want to read it. But it's like super, I don't know, minimalist. I don't want to call it that even. It's just like, it's not great art to start the issue. But then when you get into it, this is one of the better issues that we've, that we've come yes. across yet.
1: This is my favorite Afra issue, period. This is awesome. A, this is a great issue. I'm Looking forward to talking about it. Um, this is what I want out of every issue of Afra. Like it was, you know, they get into, they infiltrate the party. They're having the banter back and forth about how many people in this room want to, want you dead. And they're trying not to stick out yet. She still wants to steal, wants to be, a, you know, wants to enjoy some thievery, um, you know, and then of course the surprised guest they meet, which I don't know what, well, you know what, let's get to there. I'll, I'm going to tell you, I'll tell you my thoughts on that surprise guest after you know let me talk talk about it chris tell me
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so we find um we find ephra and, Sa- and sarah i'm sorry right sana aboard sana, the yeah. vermilion and that's the ship the crimson dawn that was, you know couldn't remember earlier so and they're on jakara uh which is like a waste planet basically so this auction this party is taking place now um and so they're they're studying the whole room we see black sun but yep. we don't see any shizor Some and they're falling. making a point of this Actually, so? I think they are. They're making a point that there is no Shizor. They said, and they were even like, "This guy, this is the guy who was their Gioti." Gi- yeah,
1: yeah, you know.
0: And you know what? They wanted to say that Black Sun was involved in this originally. Remember that? Yes. But it's because they didn't want to spoil Crimson Dawn. So it was a, definitely a red herring. And so I'm pretty much at the point where they won't bring in Shizor. I don't think, unless it's like outside of this, and they do it some other way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah. fine.
0: Which is it, fine. It because is. This is awesome. Yes,
1: honestly. it is. It's true.
0: And Kira makes, um, she makes a really good villain because you really don't know what her intentions are. Um, <clears throat> Not at all. Because I'll mention that uh, I'm going to bring that more up in the next issue of War of Hunters Number Two, um, but I do want to talk about how Afra finds this this necklace. Um, it's a slicer's dream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like, she's going around trying to steal things. Um, and then all of a sudden they're approached by this hooded figure and Afra being the archeologist, I don't know what she said, expert. She's like, you have the voice of a clone. And I yep. thought that was a really neat thing because at first I was like, what? I was like, who is it? I was like, oh yeah, it's Boba Fett. <laughs>
1: yes. I, when she said you have the voice of a clone, I reread Boba Fett's line as Tamira Morrison. And I was like, that's Boba Fett. I yep. I just like immediately knew, and that to me was great was just like as soon as she said you know you have the voice of a clone first of all I love that I loved I loved when um, I, uh, Bo-Katan said it in freaking Mandalorian you have the voice of a clone that I've heard a thousand times and I just that me these are characters that know their history and these that means these are characters that know our history it, with these movies and with this world, and and I just, I love that. I also love, because it doesn't treat the readers like they're stupid, you must be Boba Fett. Dun-dun-dun, conjecture, you know, like, no, or, I'm sorry, exposition, exposition dump for us, that's what I meant to say. Um, yeah. No, it said voice of a clone, and we were able to put that together ourselves, and to me, that's good writing.
0: Absolutely. It also shows, like, Boba Fett is that, like, that keen of a hunter, he can pick out Doctor Afrin in a disguise and manipulate her into doing what he needs done, which is to create a diversion. Yep. Um, or he will turn them, in, as he says.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: So it's I funny. Understand. Um, we see we see that Administrator Moore is here, mm-hmm. uh, which is you know rep- she's representing the Empire. We'll talk about that whole situation later, in Vader, But, um, this the end of this book was awesome because mm. I and you actually let me just mention this other thing because it's again garbage but just lucky and Arioli what's the name? What's it Ariola Ariola? Ariola. <laughs> they're in this issue too and they're they're hunting down their target who's apparently the guy who trained them in and some other bullshit. So I don't know why they have to waste a page or so on this. I don't know what it has to do with the story. Just just go back to after please. I know you're trying to do something Alyssa Wong but it's not working. Sorry. Um. Anyways,
1: Darth Vader arrives. Yes. And she has a full-blown panic attack. I mean, she loses her mind because she knew, if, if, if I'm correct, her run of Darth Vader when she was in Darth Vader, when she was introduced, pretty much ended with Vader saying, if I see you again, I'm going to end your life. And yeah. Darth Vader doesn't give a lot of people though that's a second chance so vader says if i ever see you again i'll kill you that's the nicest darth vader is possibly ever going to be to any living thing so the fact that she knows that she's very well aware of this and now she sees him enter the party she's at i mean i'm i might freak freak the hell out too
0: i thought that was really well drawn mm-hmm. uh, i it was just like i'm gonna use again it's very surreal the way that it was drawn the flashbacks to you know the the previous comics uh just just the way they were able to show her fear and it was mm-hmm. just like it was it was like seconds you know and then sona was starting to notice what the what the heck's wrong with you mm-hmm. but then it's just like that kind of effect that's that right there is is exactly why i think we love vader so much because he just he's he, he's the ultimate badass and people just if you mess with vader you're like you said you're lucky to have survived
1: exactly i mean he i heard he was the boss the final boss in fallen order and you didn't even have to you just had to run like you you weren't even able to fight him because you would just immediately die the point was running so when you have a villain that, that, that that's that like wild and plus, you know, if you've read enough Darth Vader, if you've watched the movies, if you if you studied the character like both you and I have, you know that this this room on the Vermilion and for Crimson Dawn matters nothing to Vader. He will literally kill everyone in that room and it won't even phase him. And that's I think that that pr- when he walked in and, and as we're going to talk about multiple times <laughs> uh, yeah. when he walks in that room. All the air is sucked out of it, and and we're reading this on a page.
0: Yeah, I thought it was it was a very powerful moment, um, but it was ruined by by War of the Bounty Hunters number two, which we're going to talk about next. Yes, um, and I wish I wish I would just been a little smarter and read the uh, the checklist. I'll do that next month because I that like I said that reaction from Afra really really was different. And I think that knowing that that's how she reacted, and then reading War of the Bounty Hunters, it would have been a better thing. So, but Agreed. Great job, great job on this issue. I thought
1: absolutely. This was this was my favorite Afra issue. Period. It was fantastic.
0: Uh, so, what we just talked about is going to cross over, uh, as we mentioned a couple of times. Um, and so, War of the Bounty Hunters number two, uh, which is the the mini series that is the core the core story. For, this whole thing um it's on uh, part two it's called the scoundrels ball mm-hmm. uh, it's written by charles soul uh ink by luke ross colors by naraj manan so it opens and i said i wanted to mention kira mm-hmm. and so kira kind of opens her whole thing as i do love a party um and we've and as you noticed there's a ton of people they show all the guests kind of like who's who Right, the who's who of the the underworld: the Huts, the Black Sun, the, the pipes, Pikes, and yeah, Edmund Moore, as I mentioned. Um, so all of these, all of these people, even ones that you you read eventually in the books as well, like we can't afford this, but we're just going to come here to try to be renowned or whatever, get noticed. So it's a very interesting um, concept here that she has brought all these these these, I guess, seedy individuals together mm-hmm. um, into this this. This bidding party for her old love Han Solo. And um I need to I need to find this because it was like I don't care if it is it's like you could take him home, you could do something else, you could do something else, or you could just shoot him. And this is <laughs> something, this is what Kira's saying about somebody who we really thought she cared about when we watched Solo, even oh. though we know at the end she's very much in tune with her own wants and her own ambitions. Um, But for her to, I know she's playing a part here. What do you, what do you think? No,
1: first of all, I have the exact line. I have it right in front of me. Hmm. Solo is frozen in carbonite, very stable, could stay alive in there alive forever. One of you will take him home today, put him on your wall as a trophy, thaw him out and put him up to work, paying off whatever he owes or just shoot the bastard. Now, do I hear 100,000 credits as a starting bid? Uh, and I loved it. I loved reading that because of seeing the movie solo. And again, we talk about these movies and they pull these, they pull the stuff in. And I I loved it. And the question becomes, does Kira have another motive? You know, she was supposed to love Han. Um, did she change as a person after all these years? We don't really know that much about her other than she's kickstarting Crimson Dawn um, in the wake of the death of Darth Maul, or Maul, better known as at this point. Um, But anyway, I loved it. I loved where this opened. I, I thought it was just so creative. And just like you said, to see the the wide shots of the the who's who being there and, and then Kira all lavish and ready to go. And you're just the whole time she's speaking, you're like, what is she really? What is this, Kira? What are you doing? That's that's what I want to know.
0: Yeah, that party is larger than life. I thought it was it was well drawn. It looked it was they made it very colorful, very busy. And it just, mm-hmm. it was a lot of energy within all the panels. And I thought that they, I thought they portrayed that very well um, in that scene and across all those panels, like I said. Um, Absolutely. So we get, we meet up with Boba Fett again. He's arrived um, mm-hmm. on planet and he, he tries to rob some, some of the guests of their ticket, but Bosk, Bosk ambushes him and boss says, Hey, remember when we used to work together as a kid? <laughs> And then uh, I love that another tieback because if people don't know these things, if they didn't watch the Clone Wars, did you know that, you know, Aura Singh and, and Bosk and little Boba Fett went on a mission? Baby Boba. It. So go watch it. It's amazing stuff. Um, it is. So they fight. He beats Bosk, but he spares him to send a message. Um, and and he, to steal so, his costume <laughs> or his, his clothes. So he, he ties him up and he's like, you can't leave me out here. I'm cold blooded. And Boba Fett goes, funny thing, so am I. And all I could hear in my head was the Miami um, CSI Miami guitar riff. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> look at this. Yeah, this line. Like, so am I. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. That was. Yeah. I thought that was really, really well written. Um, and just cold blooded like Boba Fett would be.
1: And he would be, and he is. And again, just just displays of Boba Fett in badassery.
0: Absolutely. Um, we rejoin the party, uh, and we and as I mentioned, Administrator Moore is here. Uh, and we were mentioning earlier how there's not just Sith, there's Dark Side users and acolytes and people who are on Palpatine's council. And Moore has Force powers, some some Force powers apparently. Yeah, but she's like, I'm going to use my powers to man- manipulate the bitters And uh, this is a great tie-in to Return the Jedi because. You can't control a hut.
1: No, no. Uh, the huts got into an all-out bidding war and she was c- rendered completely useless uh, in so many ways. But, you know, the huts and then that, the what is it, Baku with the abs? Yeah, <laughs> That's Baku. freaking me out, man. Every time I see Baku, I was like, this is a hut with a six-pack. Like, I don't need to see this.
0: I just, I just think it's so a lot of this stuff is so funny but it's like they want it they want it to be funny but serious at the same time and they know that yeah so it's like they like yeah we'll give a hut abs because they're all fat sloppy bastards who just sit around and, and eat frogs all day but not this guy he could like bench press you and throw you out an airlock so um <laughs> i i think it's kind of neat and i like that he's actually a character who is a rival of Jabba. um and showing up in the other books mm-hmm. uh, but that was you know another really funny thing was like it's just like she's like i can manipulate them watch me the next panel it's like job is just bidding so mm-hmm. there's a lot of great humor in this book um and there's one more <laughs> there's one more situation that i wanted i wanted to mention is when the bidding goes up to one million credits <laughs> and sana says if han ever hears about this he'll never shut up <laughs> that is the truth that is something that han <laughs> would brag about
1: I was being sold at auction and it, it got up over a million credits. Like, it's true.
0: It's crazy. It's, uh, I just, I thought this, this issue was great. It was a lot of fun. Um, it just, it gave us the full spectrum of the party. Yes. Uh, and of course, it also ends, not, nope, it doesn't end with Vader coming, does it?
1: Uh, yeah. It, it, uh, no,
0: it does. It does. But this it has another is- ending as well. Yes, which is uh, with with our friends Leia, Lando and Shuey showing up and running into Boba Fett. Correct. Because um, I was because this is the first issue I read out of all these comics, and I got to this, I'm like, oh shit, I missed something on Star Wars. But by like Star Wars is actually the last comic in this lineup. Yes, for a reason. Um, so there is no lead into them. They just got they got the invitations. They're here at the party secretly. They run into Boba Fett. So we'll see if uh, there's an uneasy alliance coming up, huh?
1: hmm it's very very possible um again like i don't know i'm reading all of this and every time I, I i'm like recycling the opening sequence to return of the jedi and i'm recycling that in my head and i'm going where do these these pieces have to fall into place for return like we know where it ends we know where all of this ends but i want to know how those pieces fall and maybe find new meaning in that opening sequence of return of the jedi so i think that a lot of this you know is there an uneasy alliance with boba fett did that have anything to do with their Jabba's palace um rescue
0: you know i don't know we don't know the only argument i have against that is that boba fett fights for jabba and goes after luke and han and chewie on the skiff so unless he's playing his part and Luke just kills him because he doesn't know he's involved, but I guess we'll see. I would, I would, I would guess that Boba Fett's just like, yeah, we're going to have an uneasy alliance. But after this, I'm taking Han Solo. You can try to stop me.
1: (laughs) Which, which again, you're, you're most likely right. Um, And then, you know, who knows though, what, you know, will, will what happens enhance that scene Yes, I guess what I'm getting at. And that's what I'm looking forward to.
0: I hope so because it's my favorite sequence in of all of Star Wars, mm-hmm. all of Star Wars. So, like I said, uh, at the end Vader arrives. That's we know that already from Doctor Afra. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, at the end we of the smuggler's ball issue, we get this big disturbance and uh, Vader's here. Admin Moore is like, "What the hell?" And we'll find out why uh, once we come back from commercial. So, let's do that, and then we'll come back and talk about three more issues. Of War of the Bounty Hunters from July. Woo! DFat Comics is
3: the publishing branch of Don't Forget a the only place to travel geekly, focusing on creator-owned and independent titles like Hollowed, Pursuit of Plastic, and Fairy, and many more. DFAT Comics will be a mix of genres
1: appealing to every kind of reader. Join the new source of comic book entertainment with DFAT Comics.
2: Do you miss hanging out at bars with a friend? Cream, cream ale. Do you miss those two friends of yours that would always end up drinking too much, leading to discussions about political philosophy? If so, then we have a podcast for you. When they nuked the Capitol, you know, that was bad. I'm Aaron. And I'm Jake. Join us at the tavern for a pint, a few laughs, And some nonsensical discussions. I will say neither of us are constitutional lawyers. (laughs) A political podcast for the unencumbered political mind. Search for the Bull and Moose Tavern on your favorite podcast streaming service today. He managed to make Trump
1: look good on something. It's bad. We are back with Star Warriors, our comic book edition. And we are talking about the July offerings for Marvel Star Wars. Um, We are deep, 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 deep in War of the Bounty Hunters, Um, and we have been talking about uh, the fact that most of these titles have crossed into the same party, and we're getting the party from different angles, and right now, we are about to start with a discussion on Darth Vader number 14. Um, Chris, tell us uh,
0: something about it. Yeah, so it's called The Blade Behind the Curtain. (laughs) Uh, It's written by Greg Peck. Art by Raphael Yenko and colors by Jason Keith, and this issue says it starts off basically nothing can stop him now.
1: Yes, uh, uh, isn't I believe if I'm correct, correct me. Like it's the Umbaran, if you will, sees Vader returning from like because he he they tried to send a droid to kill him. That's correct. They I, had control. IG88. Right? That's right. IG 88 specifically, and somehow had controls to his suit. And Vader finds out that it was her. And he has some fun with it in a Darth Vader kind of way.
0: He does. And so she has failed. And you know what that means in the eyes of the Emperor? Usually death. Right? Or a shitty assignment to (laughs) a. To a smuggler's ball, <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Uh, no, but still. Uh, no, <laughs> um, it's funny because Masamata is such a dick to her, and he's yes. like, What did he call like a sub administrator or something? <laughs> and yeah, this is a task for a sub administrator.
1: <laughs> he was very clear on the delineation of what her role was, <laughs> and yeah, he was being rather, um, uh, what's smarmy. He was being very smarmy. Yeah,
0: yeah. I I thought that was interesting. Um, sends her on a menial assignment, but um, she does learn the connection between Han and Luke, and um, the last name Skywalker. Yes, yes. Um, and she tries. I'm sorry, I just want go ahead. No, go, go ahead.
1: No, I was just gonna say she tries to use. I feel like she keeps trying to use these things to her advantage, and yet continues to fall just on her face. And it just seems very, very distinct
0: in this issue specifically. It does. And I think that there's a reason why we don't know what Administrator Moore is around for too much longer, I'm sure. Um, There's a reason why these characters aren't on the Death Star. I don't Masamada. I think, survives the fall of the Empire, but I don't know what happens to her. So I'm pretty sure she's going to get resolved eventually here. Um, But I... I thought it was kind of interesting because she did use the force on Mazamata, right? I believe to so. To manipulate him. I thought that was kind of interesting because here you have somebody who is working under him. Mm-hmm. and control him. She wants to, but doesn't. That was kind of weird to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe she's just coming into her power. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, maybe she... I don't know. Maybe she can only do it sometimes. I mean there's a lot of questions because just like you said if you could just control this person all the time then why why are you just not doing that um so i mean maybe there is some kind of other explanation other than just you know i don't know i don't know it's a it's a good question
0: like rank respect of rank like the emperor if you try like what are you gonna do what's he gonna do if you try to overthrow his 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 grand vizier or whatever he's called you know who knows who knows maybe she doesn't want that job you know maybe it's just the Pain in the ass. Um, it's possible. So this is um, so she gets all this information. They they do this whole like passing off thing, which I thought was kind of funny. And then they get the information. Ig eighty eight, and then the events from the last comic happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we come back, and there's this gathering of like we've been talking about dark side users, acolytes, mm-hmm. and they're all kind of gathered with um, with more. And Ig eighty eight returns um, unsuccessful from his mission. Uh, but then, then Vader shows up and he just wipes out IG88 and then starts hunting this group. Um, and this whole thing I thought was was really interesting because Vader Vader's pissed. He's back in his full regal. He's not he's 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 more machine than man, but uh less machine than he was last issue. But um I thought this was great because he does spare her. Mm-hmm. Um for a certain reason and by the end of the issue we know that vader crashes the party we know that Moore is like what the hell dude <laughs> this was my job but again he uses her and embarrasses her and i thought that was that was very that was great because she has it coming
1: yeah i, I mean yes i thought that it was wonderful that Mazameda or Mazamata whatever made it so clear about how menial her task is and then she goes and does it and still she's being shown that she's not good enough and when Vader just shows up and she's like Art, are you kidding me all right goddamn it like you know in essence it's just like you know Vader's here now and you know but it's vader's got some master grand plan there's a reason he would have, you know she would have been sent and then he would have crashed and and i'm looking forward to the next book hopefully the next book really will give us an explanation
0: yeah i i also think that's funny to see ochi like as like darth vader's stooge like just talking shit (laughs) just like taunting more eating um he's got
1: (laughs) hors d'oeuvres he's like eating hors d'oeuvres while he's like just talking down to her you know and pointing the little toothpick hors d'oeuvres at her as like scolding her it's just like dude ochi you are just vader's little bitch dude like like god
0: i i buy this rule though i do oh it, yeah it cracks me up because he's just like he's such a he is he's just he's such a lackey and he just fell right into line after he was first he tries to assassinate Vader, and then he gets his ass kicked and then he's like just following him along like a little like a little puppy. So um yes. yeah. I I just again some really kind of darker humor on the on this side of things, but I just I like it because it does it has a really great narrative. Uh and we know it's it's a, it's like, oh yeah, it's serious. We gotta try to save Han Solo. But these characters, they're just all of them. They're very colorful. Uh and each of them are really adding to this this whole this whole crossover mm-hmm. um, in a really great way, I think. I agree. And it,
1: it's cool, like it, it I am curious about Ochi's story as well, because we know Ochi is the one that murdered Ray's parents um by order of the Emperor. Um, so again, there's that like, you know, we laugh and stuff about Ochi, and I definitely laughed, especially with the hors d'oeuvres, but like this. You know, this guy did murder her parents. Um, so, like, I want to know where his story goes, too. And I think Star Wars is very good at that. I think Star Wars is very good at giving us the end of, the, of someone's story, but making us want to understand how it got there. And I, I think that they do that better than anything else. And we're seeing it in the
0: comics. Yeah, I mean, when you start, when you start the whole thing with episode four, there you go. That's it yeah. right there. Oh, what happened before? Why are we on episode four? Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what I've always loved. Um, and I know people are always like, yeah, we need to get away. We need to do these new stories. But for me, sometimes Star Wars, it, it's about the connections. It's about these timelines and and growing them. Yeah, it makes the universe smaller, but I want to know the answers to some of these things. Like, like, oh, I'm, I, I won't mention Bad Batch because that's big spoilers if you haven't watched it, but what happened on there this past week was a big question that you and I actually discussed not too long ago. So to get these answers throughout this different media, growing the world richer and richer, especially since they had the reboot canon anyhow. Now, what is it now, 10 years almost, which is mm-hmm. kind of amazing, but um, it's, it's fun. So yeah. very, very happy. Um, so let's, let's jump into the next issue. This was the first, right, of the standalones. Uh, so yes. we're going to get a few of them. Uh, this month we got jo- or in July, we got job of the hut. Number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just love to throw the number on there, but, uh, one shot it's called trust issues. Uh, it's written by Justina Ireland, who, uh, it's been writing a lot of stuff for the high Republic. And I believe this is actually her first, um, venture in the comics. So I think I read that somewhere. So congratulations, because I love this issue. Um, it was
1: great. It was beautiful. It was beautifully drawn. Beautiful. The artwork was stunning, to say the least. I mean, I'm flipping through it right now as we're talking, and I mean, this is a stunning, stunning comic, and I I love the little story that it told.
0: Absolutely. Um, and it's interesting because we had present and flashback, mm-hmm. so different art teams did. There was different artists for each thing. So, um, art in the present is Luca Pizzari and the flashbacks art is um, Ibriam Robertson and Yada Marchioso. So I messed that all up. So my apologies, I'm not going to go back and do it,
1: <laughs> it's but okay. I love
0: the fact that they had different teams doing the present and the um, and the future and the pre- and the past. Um, I, I, I was actually kind of surprised because they're like, "Oh yeah, this issue takes place before and during War of the Bounty Hunters Alpha." So I was almost going to put this to the front of the the lineup today, but I kept to the to the uh, the, the the checklist, and I think actually it did make sense where it was um, it was placed because of some of the stuff that happens at the end with Jabba. Um, Yeah. how he gets the invitation and whatnot, but. Who is this character we meet? Um, Lampa. Yes, I love that she calls
1: Boba Fett pup. She kept calling him pup um, because, you know, he, uh, he was fairly young and new on the scene when Jabba kind of brought him in and sent the two of them on a mission. And really, the mission was if Jabba could trust Boba and and she was there to kind of verify that. Um, even though there was like a real mission with parameters, let's be honest. That's what Jabba was really looking for. Was is Boba Fett someone that I I can trust,
0: or you know, or what? And I love that. I did too. I was I was like, who is this new character they're introducing? And then I don't I didn't even check into what kind of, what species was she? Do you do you know? I I, I don't know. I never seen it before. Later. Yeah, me neither. I thought at first she was a phalene, and then I saw like her face is differently. She her face reminds me of Nebula a little bit from yes. the Galaxy because it's like, yes, sectioned. yes, so that was kind of neat. And then she ends up being a real badass, um, because she sure. they they have to go on this mission together. Um, Baku Boku is disrupting uh Java's inf- operations, and they need to kill this guy named Jarm Brock, um, and we keep hearing about this debt that she owes Jabba and it's not a money debt. Apparently it's a blood debt.
1: (laughs) Yes. And And, and he uh really strings her along for, for what seemingly is forever. And she's not exactly thrilled. And
0: she's very clear about her not being thrilled by it. Exactly. Um, And that's the thing now, because she knows that she keeps mentioning. I I took this mission in the past for you. You've always said you're going to clear up my debt. Are you going to really do it this time? I mean, it's funny to see her talk on the level, on that level with Jabba, because it doesn't seem like a lot of people can, mm-hmm. but, you know, she still works for him, owes him, but, you know, they seem to have some kind of mutual respect.
1: Yes, yes, I, I agree. You can tell at the candor that she has with Jabba that he views her as not an equal but someone that at least is allowed to speak to him that way due to whatever it is that she has done to owe this blood debt. And if I'm correct, she eats people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was a big surprise for me. I thought that was awesome and frightening at the same time.
1: It was terrifying. The artwork was scary. It was scary.
0: Never expected something like that to happen. It was just like, boom um it's it so this issue jumps back and forth between present time and the past um so in the present she's actually looking for boba fett and this is during the events of alpha um so she's looking around and they say oh yeah i've seen somebody like that but he looks different and we know that he's painted his armor black yep. go check down the arena she's on this hunt um but we need to go back to the past because she ends up having this relationship with this person that they were hunting and so she like stuns Bubba poison, like puts him to sleep with a, some kind of weak poison. And I thought that this was kind of um, a wild thing because we end up re- learning that Brock works for Crimson Dawn. So another really interesting thing to see the change in Jabba's uh, attitude too, because at first he's like, kill this guy. Yeah. And then he's like, no, 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 wait. No, no, no. We need to, we need to, we need to find some stuff out about him. Um, so bring him back for interrogation. Uh, but of course, you know, this doesn't happen.
1: <laughs> no, no, it does not. Um, but it, it, it was, this was a really great, I really like these little one shot issues with these characters. Um, it gives us a little bit of a deeper dive, um, especially in Jabba. And it's not a, again, I'm going to use this again. It's not an exposition dump of, you know, this is Jabba when he was just a little slug. And, you know, this is his collection of Eric Clapton records. Like, you know, (laughs) like going through like all like there it's just it's one situation with Jabba and we get to see how he handles that situation, which then tells us a whole lot about this character that maybe we've never known. And I really, really like the way they did that in this. We know that he is he will trust some people, but he's very much trust but verify and he's not 100% infallible. He is definitely fallible. Um I I really, I just like that all around. I love this issue.
0: Absolutely. Um, and like you said, she ends up eating Brock. We learned that she's actually working for Crimson Dawn. And she is the one who revealed where Han Solo was to Kira, uh, Kira's operatives. Yes. So that she could take him. And exactly. this tie-in is so appropriate. And I thought that was a really neat touch because at the end you find out she actually hates Jabba. She wants to kill him.
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. Which makes sense with the debt that she has and the fact that he's being kind of a jerk about it. But what I did love was that it took me back to that. Was that the alpha or was that one? That was alpha where Boba Fett paint. Yeah, it was the alpha paints his armor black. And now we're, we're kind of like coming circle. We're, we're circling back to the beginning to now understand how did Kira know that he was on Nar Shadda, in essence, being repaired um, while, while Boba Fett was trying to win enough uh, credits to have him fixed, if you will. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a great ending. I love that. I love that.
0: We talked about the art. Uh, like you said, this art was some of the best I've seen in a long time, period. Uh, yes. Across this entire book, yes. the ending to this with Jabba freaking out—that mm-hmm. was well drawn. I like it's so you can just feel the emotion, mm-hmm. and you can almost hear his 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 uh, uh, his uh, boy. yeah <laughs> his yeah big splash page of him just like Roar! yeah like like reminds me of that remember that turkey meme like bring me Han Solo in the Wookiee yes. like yeah, yes. that the angry turkey face yeah so. Perfect i um I felt the emotion, the raw emotion of a very angry hut <laughs>
1: mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and it was done so well it's to the point where it's like i it would be great if there was a job of the hut number two. there isn't going to be one, but
0: it would be cool. hey, we never know, we could get a job of mini, we could get a job ongoing eventually. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see some tales from Java's palace, sure, yes, absolutely, absolutely. All right, so uh, let's wrap up the show with Star Wars number fifteen. Uh, it's called Friends and Enemies, frenemies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's written by Charles Soule, art by Ramon Rosanas, and colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. And so when I read, uh, when I read these books out of order, I was like, when I got the end of War of the Bounty Hunters two, I saw our favorite trio, and I was, in their Luke is on the comms. I'm like, did I miss something? I did i did so <laughs> but i didn't because this was actually meant to be read last um yes. but this whole issue is interesting because it doesn't uh really touch on war of the bounty hunters that much it it is really a starlight squadron uh story and it's luke um he's working with them working with wedge it's great to see them back together um uh, because Shar is you know as we know is, is still missing she's mm-hmm. on the star destroyer trying to you know evade the empire mm-hmm. uh and they're trying to save her So I thought I thought this was a great opening I, I love X-Wing stuff I was always a big fan of that stuff. Yes. So It was great to see Luke get back and, and hang out with Wedge And also, it's funny We, we meet Lu, Lulo Lampar Yes um, Bith, I think he's a Bith um, He is actually from the Poe comics uh, And he's Poe's mentor
1: He's the same species that uh, uh, Cad, Cad Bane, Bane. is uh oh man, Duros. Duros. Yes, he's a Duros. No, a, not
0: Biff. Yep. Yes, Duros. he's
1: a Duros, and I I did like the introduction to this character absolutely, and the the I love seeing X wings. I just like looking at them. I like seeing them, and you know Luke's little flashback to the Death Star, I thought was very well done, not overdone.
0: So you noticed that, right? What? was it was that when he had was that his vision his dark side vision he because during their so they're doing this strike run right this is mm-hmm. very like rogue <laughs> squadron-esque i wish i could play this in a video game setting yes um but they're they're going up against this guy admiral klaxo with his monocle looks influence.
1: like a, he honestly looks like a nazi just like right and i think that's what they were going for and they nailed it because he looked like a yeah. nazi
0: they did. And I was like, "Who is this guy?" And I was like, "This could be like the next badass warlord or whatever." And then they they kill him off. Yes, the issue. So whatever, he's gone. Um, but during this bombing thing, like everybody's like, "Oh great, we have Luke Skywalker with us. We have Wedge and Chili's." Luke Skywalker destroyed the destroyed the Death Star. So this this whole like legend that that precedes him um, is something he has to live up to, and he he actually misses this this shot yeah no, we surprised but he like you mentioned he has this vision about the death star but it's very different um yes he it's because vader starts talking to him right He's yes like,
1: so vader shoots down the falcon mm-hmm. and
0: says
1: you failed han solo is mine and i you know i think that i think what you said dark side vision um you know that or vader just messing with Luke's head like Vader is just off somewhere messing with his head like haha like I don't know I could be wrong
0: no no I mean you could be right um I could be crazy the the thing about it here is that I think it's like a premonition because at the end he's like I think Vader is coming after Han he says this to to lay on the comms and as as we know he's already crashed a party at this point these like would it would it be I don't I don't want to argue with you about it, but I think it's like, is he having these these force visions because his powers are getting stronger or or is it because maybe Vader did did manipulate him? I don't know. I I like I I like
1: the more of the thought that his powers are getting stronger. So now he's starting to actually get the premonitions. And at this point, he'd already gotten his first premonitions about Cloud City. So it's only getting stronger from there, I would say. So I'd say that makes more sense than what I said.
0: Okay. I had also like when he goes in the dark side cave um, and his connection with that I always thought that was a big pivotal point in his in his power. Yes. Um, and again, that, that just previously happened as well. So, but we also see Vader talk to Luke in Empire mm-hmm. at the end, like son father, you know, yeah. in the, when he's on the Falcon. So I don't know if it has to be within a certain distance either but who knows. Yeah, he's
1: got to have the right amount of bars. <laughs> <laughs> to connect
0: <laughs> not connect to the exactly, network exactly 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 <laughs> especially vader with his
1: more machine than man right exactly he's got an antenna that he just kind of like sticks up when he can't get the right distance <laughs> so one of the buttons does
0: um another another funny thing remember when Wedge was like what was that Remember back, back before we blew up the Death Star, what was that thing you said? Just like knocking down loft cats in a T-13? Yeah. looks like close enough.
1: Yeah, that was great. I did catch that. (laughs) I did catch it. Instead of, you know, the, the Womp Rats on my T-16, it it was just like, Wedge just got it wrong, which is like, whatever, dude, that's good enough, loft cats. (laughs)
0: <laughs> which is a great thing because that brings us in the new canon with you know with the loft cats and loft being introduced in rebels so uh, yeah. again hey these little things that just make the world you know even better and richer for us as absolutely so this this was fun they the mission was basically let's blow let's let's go after the star destroyer let's blow it up but they don't just go after it <laughs> regularly they go after uh, and they bomb the ground, which ends up being a volcano. Yep. And the volcano explodes and destroys the Star Destroyer. And that was pretty freaking cool. It, it was
1: It was very cool, but I do have to say my favorite part, and I'm looking at that page now, it's a single page, is um, the bridge with Admiral Akbar and the Calamari and Mon Mothma. And there's some type of, I don't know, I feel this weird comfort when mon mothma is around like we're good man mon mothma's here she's gonna take care of us and, and i when when um they were you know like mom mothma mom exactly right and you know that there were there were deleted scenes in episode three um with mon mothma young mon mothma and them and i really don't know why they cut them because they would have been much more helpful in terms of the formation of the rebellion um
0: i absolutely agree I absolutely agree. I I don't get it either. I mean, we saw. Do we see a younger Mon Mothma
1: in Rebels? In prequels? No, only uh, in Rebels, right? We did in Rebels, Clone Wars,
0: definitely in Clone Wars. I yes,
1: know. in Clone Wars 2 as well. I mean, I don't know about the prequels, but I just know I that.
0: Go, yeah, maybe we have to go back
1: and look if anywhere she's going to be in Episode Three. But
0: exactly, and that's th- the thing about it too. Is like you're right. It's like what I mean now we know that Filoni has a lot of the hand in, in developing the birth of the Rebellion. Um, but, you know, and Bell Organa, who you should say, like, Dad Organa or whatever. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. I just... This is... It's it's great to see these characters because a lot of people got upset at the sequels. It's like, you, you pushed your own characters, which is fine. I liked a lot of them. I liked a lot of the arcs. But... Did you respect like Admiral Akbar Did, when you when you blew his ass up stuff like that? You know, um, Mon Mothma was in a lot of the books um, mm-hmm. leading up to things and stuff like that. So, I I love to see these these guys show up because you know they're so intricate at this point and they need to be there. And like you said, it's like a warm fuzzy feeling.
1: It, it is. It, it is. I think what's cool too is is you say you said legacy and generational earlier. And something that I like that Star Wars does is they add these little little pieces of um, just things you have to catch. You know, explain it to you. You have to catch it. Um, so one of my favorite examples that I love to tell people is in the movie Rogue One. It was Admiral Radis that died on Scarif, not on Scarif, but above Scarif, if you will. And he led the the fighter attack. On Scarif in Rogue One. His name was Admiral Raddus. Now, fast forward to The Last Jedi, the flagship Leia was on was called the Raddus, and it was named after him. And I, and you know, it's 30 years that had gone by, more than that, actually. I mean, if, if you think about it. But I guess the point I'm making is like that you make those little connections. And I think this these comic books do such a great way of just kind of sewing it all up, just kind of taking these pieces of fabric and just they're that thread that just kind of sews them together. And it's it's beautiful, honestly. If you're not reading these comics, so those of you who are listening, you're not reading these, like you're just wrong.
0: I I agree. I I mean, people can do whatever the heck they want, but you're still wrong. I just, I I don't want to, uh, you know, I want to be more positive about it because I just want, I want people to who are Star Wars fans to get outside their bubble because I feel like, why? Why just limit yourself to you know just the movies? Like if you just want to watch the movies and the TV shows, all right, fine. But if you want to go one step one step further and you want you want to really let that universe grow, this is the way to do it. Like you said,
1: uh, absolutely. You're really getting you you're you're enhancing to all the movies, all the shows, all those things are being enhanced when you're reading these comics, and it's making those things especially the sequels they're making them just far better in my opinion level up
0: level up amazing that what a great month of books huh i mean this is i mean this we're just in july i mean this next month that we're in right now august is kind of the middle of the main storyline uh because this is running through october yep uh so the last of the books are now up for pre-order uh so october solicitations are out uh so you guys can go go out to your local comic shop, wherever you order comic books, get on your pre-orders, get those Sprouse 50th anniversary Lucasfilm covers if you want. They're out there or not. It's up to you. But that's my that's my plug for those. Um, anyways, <laughs> Rocco, you got anything you want to you want to plug on this show?
1: Yes, yes, a little little show. Some of you may have heard of, most of you may have not. Um, it's called <laughs> the Critical Mass Podcast. Myself and Dan talk about everything and skewer it all. Um, Honestly, the show is not good for anyone. Um, Tomorrow we'll be recording with Chris here. Um, Yes, you will be on tomorrow night. that, That episode will drop this Friday. And then next week we'll be live on the 18th on our Facebook page with the guys over at Junk Pickers. Now, you're probably already following Junk Pickers, but if you're not, follow them on Instagram for reviews of your most favorite junk food, and uh, they'll be with us. We actually have products in studio right here, actually right there, that have never been in stores before. Junk food that has not yet been in stores that we are going to be reviewing on our live show. Yeah. So we get the truth. You get the truth. There are wow. packages in there. Like the dude literally handed us the stuff and was like, you can't open these and you can't tell anyone that you have them, but awesome. we can review them when we're together on the show. So I was like, can't freaking wait, dude.
0: Oh man. So you could tell me about the concept, just not what they are. Or do I have to ble- like blurp all this out?
1: No, I Everything <laughs> I said is fine, but
0: I, I honestly,
1: so with the packaging they're in, I don't even know what they are. Yeah, I couldn't even tell you
0: Well, that sounds exciting and delicious At the same time, I hope I hope it's delicious
1: It will be, hopefully Dan just hasn't eaten His share already before we've
0: even gotten To the show (laughs) Nice, nice, (laughs) awesome What about you, Chris? Well, I'm looking forward to your show tomorrow, definitely There's a lot of stuff going on that we don't talk about on this show Because this takes place in our favorite Fictional universe, our escapism But I'm looking forward sure. to that buddy. Um I'm also looking forward to uh doing the Suicide Squad on Listen Up Casuals. I'm yes. looking forward to that a lot because both of us we love that movie and I can't wait to talk about it.
1: Absolutely. I adored that film. But we'll talk more about that on Listen Up Casuals. So make sure that you're listening to that.
0: We will. We will. And also I do totally talk with my friend Casey we've been doing it for a long time we're over 200 episodes so ch- come and check out the geek news on the DFAT Entertainment network where you can also find critical mass listen up casuals gutsy media podcast campfire chats insensitive culture and many more so there's something for everybody on Fat Entertainment
1: there really is there really is and I um, I feel I, I feel great being part of this network so if you like stuff just go to DF- just just search dfat entertainment and just peruse the entire catalog of podcasts you you won't be disappointed
0: lots of stuff lots of stuff out there so <laughs> i'm just being a jerk rocco this was awesome man thank you as always for being a part of this and you know i love the read comics and i love the talk comics and i'm glad that we uh we've been doing this so War oh, are yeah. the bounty hunters epic. epic 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 absolutely if you're not reading it read it now so until next time we'll be back with august books some great stuff like i said it's the middle of the main main event also back with more high republic that it iraco wanna let's say goodbye i didn't
1: have a deal with kanja
0: club (laughs) (laughs) thanks for listening everybody may the force be with you Star Wars story time with Gutsy Media.
3: Thanks, Corey. Hey guys, it's Bobby from Gutsy Media Podcast. I'm gonna be taking you on a little journey with me as I listen to the twentieth anniversary edition of the Star Wars Heir to the Empire by Timothy Zahn, narrated by Mark Thomas. Uh, now I'm not a hardcore Star Wars fan as I have mentioned before I'm a fan of sci-fi and fantasy so in that aspect I like Star Wars but I'm not hardcore about it I don't know all the characters or the lineage or any of that but I do love a good story and every talk I have about this Thrawn guy uh, people make it seem like he's the best character that hasn't hit the big screen and since it's looking like we're going to get him in the Ahsoka show whenever that hits I figured why not so uh, right out the gate, huge props to Mark Thomas on narration. He does the voices of each character, and they are spot on. They really do take you to a galaxy far, far away, so that was really cool. Um, okay, first we are introduced to Captain Pelion. He's um, a lot of times playing the, the voice of the audience. He's asking the questions that, that you want to know. He is on the Destroyer Chimera. Um, he has sometime recently hooked up with Grad, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Um, This takes place about five years after the Battle of Endor, which is like the end of the original three movies. So the Emperor's gone, Darth Vader's gone, but the galaxy isn't exactly back to normal, if you will. The New Republic is having some hard times getting things together, and there seems to be uh, a scattered empire that's causing issues. And Thrawn aims to be part of that that issue-causing group. Um, he plans on leading the issue-causing group. He is very intimidating, mainly because he is a tactical genius, and this is displayed several times just in the first few chapters. The next thing the novel does is give you a round table of where everyone is at the start. So first we get Luke. He is basically the last Jedi. Uh, he has a quick Force ghost chat with Obi-Wan who tells him that he's more or less fading away and moving on to life after Force Ghost, which I liked because I don't think they ever touch on that in the movies. Like, what, what comes after Force Ghost? Like, what's the next Pokemon level? Um, so I'm glad they kind of you know hinted at that here in the book. Um, then we jump to Leia, who is not only a Force user, uh, or, or at least starting to be, which makes sense at this point. It doesn't make sense showing up for the first time 30 years from now in a movie, um, but that's just my unpopular opinion. She's also prego with twins. Uh, Han Solo is the father, and it's worth noting that the babies in her belly are already force sensitive. Luke and Leia both make comments about being able to communicate with the babies in some sort of force sense type thing. So that's very interesting. Now, Han is off trying to get his old smuggler friends to turn legit and work for the New Republic. He also finds out that Jabba's organization, because remember, Jabba dies in Episode 6, has been taken over by Talon Cardi. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but um, in, in this chapter, Chapter 3, we see Talon kind of stumbles across Thrawn, because Thrawn is in the system looking for a tree-dwelling species known as the Salamari. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly either. Um, these are... Like, Kind of creatures that just live in trees and imagine sloths, I guess. That's kind of how I pictured them. Mara, who works for slash with Talon, explains that they are working with Thrawn because, quote, Talon might love information gathering more than smuggling. So it's clear that he's going to kind of use, he's helping Thrawn, but he's going to use the information and give it to the Republic because they'll probably pay him. So it's kind of, he's working both sides type thing, which I liked because you don't get the sense of this character is good or bad really at this point. It's worth noting that when Luke is brought up, Mara has an extreme negative reaction So there's definitely something there, but I'm not really sure what at this point. And uh, that's the first three chapters, guys. I'm really excited to get into this book, and I'll definitely provide updates as we go along. And uh, we'll see how this goes from an outsider's perspective.
0: This was Star Wars Storytime with Gutsy Media.